Our scripture reading for our meditation today comes from the first letter of Timothy, St. Paul's letter to the young pastor, chapter 5, verses 3 through 8. Give proper recognition to widows who are left alone. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family, and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. The widow, who is all alone, puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Give the people the instructions, too, so that no one may be open to blame. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. Close to 70 years ago, when my father was a very young man in his early 20s, he attended a funeral. The funeral was for a man that he had known, a little bit older man, who was kind of known to being somewhat cruel toward his wife and children. And so at this man's funeral, afterward, he, my dad, was invited to the family's house, along with some other guests, to go and be there with the family for a while and maybe have some coffee and cake and things, a little reception at the home following this funeral. And my dad said that while he was sitting there and all the guests in the room, and there were this man's probably four or five children in the room as well, and the widow, that my dad was sitting in a seat where he could look down a hallway toward the bedrooms. And all of a sudden, one of, the, one of the older sons, who was about 14 years old, came out of the parents' bedroom dressed in his father's coat and dressed in his father's hat. And he had his father's walking stick in his hand and was coming down the hallway imitating his dad. Kind of a bold man. And coming into the room where everybody's sitting, this is right hours after this young man's father's funeral, came walking right into the living room and started yelling at the kids, imitating his father, and yelling at the, at the widow, imitating his father. Everybody, my dad said, in the room, the guests were just appalled, just appalled that he would do this. But the wife and the children broke into laughter broke into laughter. My dad said, what a, what a tense moment that appeared to be, and yet in their minds it was like, he's out of our lives finally. What a, what a sad statement on your life to have your family react like that. Notice in our text the very close attention that our Heavenly Father pays to our earthly relationships inside of our homes, to our family relations. St. Paul, speaking to Timothy here, addresses, if, addresses this issue as if it is a spiritual barometer of a person's faith. Listen to what he says. If anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. He says, if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. 
Our Lord is frequently concerned that we might fall into the temptation of living in a disconnect from the wonderful faith in Christ that we profess, who's gone to the cross to pay for all of our sins so we can have heaven, but how we treat people, and especially the ones closest to us inside of our families, how we treat our spouses, how we treat our children, our parents. God is very concerned about these relationships. James said this, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? He goes on to say this is an indication that the faith you claim to have isn't really genuine. Peter even writes about this. He says that when husbands mistreat their wives, it hinders their prayers. That means that, that God in heaven stops listening to them praying because he's watching how abusive they're being toward their spouse. These things, God pays great attention to these things. And Paul is saying to Timothy, even pagans and unbelievers, people that don't know the gospel at all, even they treat their families better than this. And when you take care, or when you fail to take care of those who are closest to you and show them love and compassion and tenderness, he says, you are falling beneath an unbeliever. This is not a position where any one of us wants to be with God. You know, it's interesting how obsessed the devil is with attacking our families and our marriages. And you can tell by his obsession with that how significant families really are and how significant marriages and all of that for the kingdom of God. What a, what a tremendous advantage that family life can be for passing on this wonderful knowledge of our Savior so that our children and, and those in our household can learn to love him and know him and what he's done for us. But the devil realizes the significance of this. He loves to stir up strife. He loves to stir up conflict in all of these relationships. As soon as the fall into sin takes place, our first parents begin arguing with each other, blaming one another. In the next chapter, their children are killing each other. And it's kind of a sub-theme that runs through the entire book of Genesis, but if you think about it as you read through it, even in the great patriarchal families, think of all the strife that is caused inside of families, family after family as you go through the chapters in Genesis. The devil realizes how important your marriage will be and your parenting will be and your relationship to your family. And he knows that, that if he can cause some spiritual damage in there, it's going to have lasting implications. And one of the greatest damages that can be done is by hypocrisy. By going to church on a Sunday morning and claiming that you love this Savior and care about his word, and then not living like that when you come back into your house as to how you treat your family members. This is why this is so important to God and why God frequently addresses this in Scripture. Your Heavenly Father wants your home life, our home lives, to be a reflection of his great relationship to us through his Son, Jesus Christ. You know, think about how often in the Bible God uses words and phrases that have to do with family relationships to describe his love for us and his care for us. Brother, sister, the fact that we're adopted, 
He wants us to call him our father when we address him. Sons, daughters, heirs, citizens of God's house, the bride of Christ, the list goes on. Think how frequently Jesus draws upon family relations in his parables to demonstrate the, the, the connectedness there and the importance of all of this. And this is how God would have us care for one another. He also seems to have a real soft spot in his heart for those who are without family, family relations, orphans and widows. It's about 30 times in the Bible where God addresses his church to make sure they take care of orphans. It's about that many times, too, where he talks about making sure to take care of widows who don't have any family to help them out. In fact, he refers to himself this way, I am a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows. This week we've been reflecting on marriage and family. Uh, the gospel reading this past Sunday had to do with Jesus' first miracle at the wedding of Cana. It's interesting that he chooses that, setting that venue to be the place where he displays his magnificent glory as the Son of God who's come to save us. So why does he use that as the place to showcase that he is the Savior who has arrived? He does it inside of this family setting, this familial setting, to show that it has been ordained by God. It's, it's designed by God to be a blessing for us. And it's also the primary place where the gospel gets passed on from parent to children and others in the home. There's an old pastor in our synod that used to say, there will be many men in heaven because of faithful Christian wives. Amen. I've seen that in congregations that I've served. But also God wants us to recognize the significance of families in this way. It will be in your life, it will be your main station, your main starting place to bring the, the love of Christ to someone else and one of your neighbors, those who are right there in your home. As Jesus says on Judgment Day to his faithful as they come into heaven, whatever you've done for the least of these, you've done it unto me. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of the conversion of the jailer at Philippi. If you remember that story, Paul and Silas are singing hymns and the jailer is converted by coming and talking to them and he hears the gospel, we're told that immediately he takes them home. Right away, he takes them to his house at home. And he wants his wife and his children to learn about him. And immediately, their the whole family is baptized. And it also says that they came to rejoice. There was joy that spread through the house. It brings a change of heart to learn this precious gospel and what our Savior has done for us. I pray for you that your uh, future home life and uh, your marriage and your relationship to your children will be one that elevates them toward heaven and is a beautiful showcase of where Christ our Savior comes into the lives of those closest to you. Oh, bless the house, whate'er befall, where Jesus Christ is all in all. Amen. Please rise. And we pray. O Holy Spirit, stir up our lives with the wonderful knowledge of our Savior, that we may demonstrate the same love our Heavenly Father has for us in the relations of our immediate family at home. Cause us to serve one another in true love and to display your grace, that someday we may stand in your presence forevermore through faith in Christ alone. We ask it all in his name. Amen.
Now may the triune God who has claimed you in your baptism, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Go in peace. Amen. <laughs>